0: Of Fortillo on air. I'm Mike Stockton, coming to you from Frankfurt, online, Germany,
1: and I'm Balash Renzi coming to you from Karlsruhe, Germany. Balash, we're back together yes,
0: again. Yes, it's been a while.
1: Yeah, a few weeks. Uh, i think last one, last week. We uh, we skipped that one, and before I did one with Nacho quickly, while well, he was um, he was available, and I was um, kind of available uh, that evening. And, um, yeah, but now, uh, now we're back.
0: Yeah. Well, it is, it has been a wild last three weeks and, um, I'm happy to be back in Germany, I think. (laughs) That's a first. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I spent, I I was on this trip. I was in Arizona, Mexico, Minneapolis, and then out in, uh, DC and Pennsylvania. So I was in three different time zones in the U S and, it's really um, when you're on the West Coast, the, that time zone, you really feel like you're away from everything. It's like being in an, in Australia almost. Mm. And I was telling you before, it's like you wake up and it's um, like on a weekend. If you get up at eight or kind of lays around till nine, it's already six p.m. over in Europe. And yeah, it makes makes communication challenging. To be honest with you, so yeah, I uh, yeah. I can understand people out there how they they can get away from it all but uh it's hard to it's hard to claw your way back in let's put it that way
1: yeah i had the same thing in tokyo on the other way around yeah when they were getting up i was already going to sleep and then when i reached someone it was like normal then i realized wait a second wait a second so i'm talking to you in the morning or like lunchtime which should be like like one in the morning
0: yeah, In Europe, what, what the hell are you doing? Oh, I'm still <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Crazy. people get up early over on the West Coast, you know, because a lot of things are tied to the East. And you just mm. see these people walking at like 6.05 in the morning. And yeah. it's like, wow, it's, yeah, it's, it's a different world. But uh, it's, it's, I don't know, you, you've spent time in the Southwest. And it's, yeah. um, it's pretty cool. Definitely cool. So. I was in
1: yeah I was in Arizona as well north yeah. but I uh, I liked it I like the weather I, I like Arizona Nevada California I like um, you know it's it really is like a different country like a different world but then the weather is nice mostly the sun yeah. is shining if you're in California it could be worse you're pretty close to uh, to the beach although the the water is ice cold <laughs> my 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 blood I mean I've I remember the first time I was there I. I I had these vivid um, scenes from Baywatch, and then I went into the ocean like, plus, yeah. no, <laughs> and it's not going to happen.
0: Absolutely yeah, it, not.
1: It's ice cold.
0: It is funny, like how most of the movies, of course, are when it's beach scenes, it's California, and you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. very different than Florida, for example. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. And it's like weedy. You have the seaweed everywhere in the. I was in Venice Beach. I think the first time I was in California. I went to Venice Beach, stayed uh, straight, and I went down and you know like the the the, t- the typical Venice Beach, uh, Muscle Beach, and all that stuff that you see in movies of the naked cowboy or whatever the guy mm-hmm. with the guitar and all that jazz. And I went into the the and the, the beach is beautiful. I mean the you know it's sandy, it's sun shining, it's really all I mean, it's just awesome. And then I went to the water and it's just like seaweeds everywhere. It's really cold. And it's like, man, this is not how Baywatch was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did I, I, you know, I probably never shared the story with you, but I had never heard of the naked cowboy. And I remember it was like 2002 or three. And I was down in Dayton, Ohio for work. And I think we went to like a, it's like a Friday's, you know? Mm. And the naked cowboy was a waiter there and he, is there only one? Yeah. And, and like, uh, like I, I looked him up after that because of course, like, you know, Fridays is pretty famous for like the waiters wearing flare buttons and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so his like suspenders said naked cowboy. And of course it had like, even at that time, a link to the website and I went on there and I think even then there was like a Wikipedia article and I think he's from Dayton, Ohio. So I don't know, like this was like oh. sort of during a tough economic time. And I think probably it didn't make sense to be in New York the city or something. Cowboy. Yeah. So it's just kind uh, of, uh, kind of funny. So yeah, he I, I was a waiter at that point. It's, so
1: it's interesting. I, I, I always thought that there's like, like multiple naked cowboys, but apparently no, there's one Robert John Burke. Yeah. uh. Uh, fifty one years old. Cincinnati, Ohio, his birthplace.
0: Yeah, so not far from Dayton, like an hour north. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: and actor, singer, songwriter, writer, former political candidate, nineteen is years active nineteen ninety-eight to present times. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think he's mostly active on the East Coast, right? And like Times, times Square and stuff Square, like yeah. that. But um probably there's like a like a copycat on uh no, it says Dayton Beach, Florida, who was arrested. Oh yeah. No, he was I think he's mostly active in the East Coast, but um I think he has some kind of a, a naked cowboy like guy in in Venice Beach. I mean the yeah. stuff you see there is is pretty um pretty, pretty much
0: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. So on today's episode, I think we're just gonna talk a little bit about some recent travels and mm. some things that we've seen and tie into watches and just other craziness. And I, I I had one thing happen uh, yesterday that uh, is relevant to the show. I will, Mm. uh, I'll bring up and it'll make you chuckle a little bit because it is, I had no idea, but um, yeah, I, I think uh, just a good time to catch up here and we'll just make it a bit of a loose show and be on our way and then settle into more structure going forward again. So, yeah, Absolutely. Maybe we should we start with the Hengalax controller? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, you want to go first today? I can go first. Um so
1: I have a watch on me that is um or actually in my hands that is uh that's a long time coming. Um mm-hmm. I've had I don't know when when did I buy this? Poof, a while ago. Um anyways, it's the um it's the Benrus Sky Chief which uh which landed uh well actually it was shipped to a friend of mine or a colleague of mine in new york and when he came over uh last week we were on a business trip he he you know brought the watch it had know, had to get serviced and and stuff like that and um yeah i mean it's uh it's a little uh, beaten up and uh, a little rough around the edges a bit of wabi, as they used to call it on the on the uh, the watch forums <laughs> but it's a lovely piece I have to say i, I was expecting it to be smaller uh, I haven't even measured it sorry about the noise I'm trying to find my caliper to measure it because it works um, nicely, right uh, yeah I thought it's it's much smaller uh it's well it's 35 on the money exactly and uh about Uh, mm, 11 12 millimeters thick the only thing that is a bit tricky is obviously the the log width which is not exactly 18 millimeters Mm -hmm. so i have to you know you have to squeeze your your uh, strap a bit but um it's a volju it's a volju 72 version i think you have the
0: 178
1: Yeah, yeah yeah so this is the later version i guess right yours was the earlier version and think then so. just, yeah. just came later um i wanted to do some research i, I opened a bunch of um, articles and pages including your article but i i i, I haven't read them but uh, yeah it's it's really a, a a very cool piece i have to say it's a just as i said a 35 millimeter steel case flat pushers uh pressing case back with the uh g280f um i guess reference number on the back and um you know the three subdials at three, six and nine are every numeral other than three six and nine is obviously uh on the dial with uh with uh loom or well, I guess tritium in this case mm-hmm. covered as well as the kind of syringe hands um yeah, I mean you yours is pretty much the same, I think the difference is there's a teeny tiny uh design change between yours and this one and i think that's the uh so mine has the uh, let me just quickly look up the the one that you have um so mine has a loom dot next to the um every um sub chronograph sub dial okay so where the 3 should be where the 6 should be and where the 9 should 9 should be there are little three little uh, loom dots Okay. Whereas yours, I think, the, it's more of a maxi dial, mm-hmm. if I like the term, where it <laughs> kind of there isn't space between the the sub dial track and the fifteen the, and the minute marker, the fifteen, the thirty, and the forty-five. Um, so I'm guessing it's because of the movement, like the the sub dials are, you know, are spread more to the to the to the side of the the dial, whereas with the Volus 22, the subdials are a bit closer to uh, each other, yeah, so there's a bit yeah. of space. Yeah. But um a
0: no, very cool piece nonetheless. Um, yeah, I think, I, I still think they're kind of under undervalued versus other chronographs of the time with, you know, dark dials or some sort of military provenance. And mm. I... I think it was a good pickup, but definitely goes along with the watches in your collection. I mean, you've yeah. got a lot of military-issued dark dial uh, pieces, and this, this fits right in there. I think I was comparing it to my uh, 765 co-pilot Breitling, which, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's got an external bezel, but the dial layout, actually, when you think about it, um, there's a lot of similarity. I mean, it's definitely a pilot's watch, right? So
1: yeah for sure i mean I, I i don't quite know the history as i said I haven't really done my research on uh on the the who and where and how it was used or issued mm-hmm. but um yeah the size is a bit small but i guess uh, thirty five back then was kind of a normal size for a chronograph and it's uh sort of the watchmaker was serviced in in um, your home state in in orlando i mean not mm-hmm. not your hometown but in Florida orlando Florida by um um by the same guy who did most of my services there and he said that uh the watch uh sadly lived or happily i don't know lived its life so uh <laughs> it wasn't a safe queen and it, it you can't see so it's uh the movement is not the most accurate even after service sometimes it it is very accurate sometimes you know it's like an old car right like yeah. you don't you don't drive an old car every day and, and uh and hope that it will start without any issues every day, uh, five days a week. That's that's not why you have a, a, an old like a a, a veteran car. Um, whereas same thing with uh, same thing with watches. You don't want this vintage chronograph to be one thousand percent accurate all the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I think so. those early pieces like that lacked any kind of inca block or shock protection. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's.
1: A, I'm not even sure what the actual time frame is. It's like early 60s, I
0: would say. Say like 50s or 60s. Or 50, yeah. yeah. Cause so it's
1: I, it's. I did the measurements, and it's uh, and as I just said, and I also measured the lock to lock, and it's exactly the same size as yours. So the case is probably the same
0: mm.
1: as yours. Um.
0: Yeah. So the the pushers, I think, probably the same case, but the pushers on the uh, Value 72 are, you know. Different spacing the top one yeah. and the the lower one, so yeah, exactly it's interesting that yeah you know, they, they they couldn't just swap the movement and they had to do a little bit of work, but yeah, other than that, I think you're right, I think they're the same, and what I always wanted, and there was one on eBay forever, but it was' in just dog's breakfast condition, um, the white one. have you seen the white one with the rotating bezel?
1: yeah i mean this when i started to collect as i said all the open all these websites um i i've just focused on the black one but but there were so many uh, right at the white dial ones with the triple calendar and with the bezel and everything else like that so um there's really a lot uh, but i i, I haven't I, i've seen it but i don't really know much about it to be honest
0: Yeah, they don't come up frequently. I think Fred, our buddy Fred has one and Mm. he looked for a long time. So it was not, you know, even for him, it wasn't an easy find. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a neat watch. I think it's one that certainly for collectors who just kind of getting into it, this is still a, I think a cool opportunity, a watch with some credibility, right? yeah i
1: mean there's uh, i just found uh three on on ebay when mm-hmm. i was when i was researching and all of them are with the buy it now price and the the most expensive one is four thousand five hundred dollars which is a bit more now in euros and i don't really think even if it's serviced um, it's the same as mine so it's the volga 72 version the the g280 f um four five is is it's in nice condition but I'm not even sure if those are original Loom uh, Loom numerals or maybe a Loom. But anyways, I think four or five is way too much. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one for three five, which is your version, but it has like this beautiful, um, like chocolatey brown dial, okay. but um, wrong uh, chronograph hand because the chronograph hand is red, mm. and the, the, the normal chronograph hand is obviously steel, just like the rest. Um, that's three five, um, which. I still think it's a bit too much. It's I from West it. Hills, California, and then the third one is from uh, Rhode Island. It's two thousand five hundred dollars, and that's also your version, mm-hmm. um, fully functional with a with a Speedo uh, uh, original bracelet and a, a inscription on the case back. That's the one I would go for if I if I had to pick one up now.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've not kept up with the pricing, but. As we've talked about before, whether it was gallets or Excelsior parks or these, they've all kind of crept up, haven't they? Oh, yeah. But I have to
1: say, I, I talked to someone recently about vintage prices. And I think that the the prices kind of, well, I wouldn't say went down, but you'd don't really see those crazy prices anymore you know also for vintage angus remember there was a few days ago a few years ago when when 215 the the 37 mm steel chronographs the ones that i have they went for like they, they asked like 4 or 5 grand for it and it's, mm-hmm. that's that was ridiculous same goes for uh, Excelsior parks or galleys yes you can still see them for 5 6 grand but i i, I will be surprised if if they sold you know i yeah. think that I mean I bought mine uh, and we'll talk about it maybe in the next episode because I have a few more uh, um um hundred engines controller to come. I bought mine for an okay price. Uh the galley, the 3 th- uh 3 sub uh, sub diversion. Not not it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't five grand.
0: Yeah. Well, I you know because I've not been into that market for a couple years now. Sometimes you can just tell yourself, well, the market isn't that hot because I've not been in it, you know, and, uh, yeah. keeping up with it. But sometimes I am surprised at the prices of something, uh, when I, when I decide to look and, mm. and when I say surprised, I mean, some of these things have gone up, but then again, you know, you and I collected a lot of things six, eight, nine years ago, and it was a different world then. So.
1: Oh yeah. Very, very, well. sometimes I put things in the, in my eBay, uh, like the the, you know just to watch watch it yeah and yeah, the watch list and um i let them run and i and i and i look at the prices and they're not too bad and mm-hmm. just a few few weeks ago there was a, a gold angelus 217 like a chrono data with a gold uh a gold case which went like 200 2.5 and mm-hmm. then there was a um alemania with a 27 chrome movement the black black lemania that went for 1.7 so
0: yeah, those, those are, those are sm- small watches prices, right
1: yeah, so, yeah 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 but you know gone are the days i think when or well i don't know if, if there ever were those days when it was like four or five grand i think those were just crazy crazy prices that people were asked for it but i don't know if they ever sold for that much
0: yeah you know the just like going on a tangent here but when i think of other pilots watches like one in particular that it's not a chronograph but um the glycine airman, mm-hmm. uh, I have one of those and I have a, I think it's a special. So I think it's maybe a less jeweled version that was for us, uh, import. And it's from the sixties. It's got the neat hacking feature with the little wire that comes up. And that's a watch that every time I pull it out and put it on, I'm like, wow, this is, this is a really great, it's a great watch. It's like 36 millimeters with like big chunky lugs. And, I've been down a rabbit hole there looking at the history of those and they made some really cool pieces back in the fifties and early sixties, but I struggle to find them for sale. Mm. Uh, But that's a, that's kind of another area that I've always thought "Hmm, that would be neat to go, go down that path. Uh, And here again, I feel like prices are, somewhat reasonable. I mean, you get the the dreamer out there who lists for some crazy amount of money, but I think Mm. you can still score those uh, pretty well. Now, the really early versions, I don't know. Like I said, I've not seen many, but that's kind of a a neat little uh, niche or corner of the uh, sort of military pilot world that I could see myself going down.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. They're wonderful, but um, I guess it's like if you look at vintage uh Longines prices they're okay but if you look at vintage Longine chronograph prices they're it's like you're talking about a completely different brand
0: yeah different right. world yeah yeah
1: totally yeah so uh,
0: <laughs> yeah well cool so,
1: so what are what are you wearing today though
0: so i wore my uh tudor black base over uh mm. exclusively for two weeks uh while i was off and uh, I can just once again say how, how much I enjoy wearing that watch. And huh. it's nice to put, you know, scars on it that are, that are mine and everything. Um, and I, Which and bracelet I, though. I wore it on my $10, uh, uh, canvas strap. You know, huh. I, I was going into Mexico and downtown in some cities and I just didn't want to wear a bracelet. I wanted to wear something really under the radar. So I brought that canvas strap and then, uh kind of a tropic, the, the big hole strap that I got from our friend, Andreas. And I never put that on. I just left it on the canvas the whole time. I didn't end up using a pool or anything like that. So yeah. I did that, but yeah, I finally switched, uh, yesterday and I'm wearing my, uh, Sea Dweller 1665, the great white. And, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a watch I think I've talked about on here before, but I'm just it's from like 1980, so it's got the uh, it's got the solid bracelet, the uh, stamped end links, and I'm just continuously reminded by how comfortable this watch is, and also with a domed crystal and the loom that's it's uh, definitely gone a bit orangey. It's still just a really attractive watch, so. I wore it because we've got guests in town. So one of my good Mm -hmm. friends is here from Florida and he's, he's a pretty big dude, like tall and, you know, pretty stacked. And, uh, (laughs) he's got the, um, the James Cameron deep sea sea dweller. Yeah. Oh, the big one. Yeah. Which is a massive watch. I mean, it's huge. And yeah. I decided to wear it because we were having uh, dinner yesterday, and and just to compare the two, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy how how much bigger the new one is. You know.
1: Yeah, I I remember when once I was uh, I was out with some hunters. Uh, oddly enough, long story, but um, and Austrian hunters. These are the type of guys who would Jaegers. Come, uh Jaegers, yeah who would come with their big uh, souped up G wagons and their piano black. And you would not see the car. I mean the car would not see a an like a gram of mud. Nothing. Mm. It would have like local hunters, you know, drive them around, but the car was like pristine full with like grills and everything and it looked like it could, you know, you could drive it through a um, an Armageddon, but never even I think they even took the boots off before they before they <laughs> get in the car. Anyways. And one of the di- uh, one of the, the, the hunters had this one on. And it was like ten years ago or something. I said, like, "What is that thing?" It's 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 just this. It just looked like, "Look how much money I have in that <laughs> environment," you know, because everybody's wearing green. It's kind of, I mean, unless you see the weapons, right? There's there's the the thousand dollar hunting rifle, and then there's the the fifty thousand dollar hunting rifle. Yeah. But to the naked eye, they look the same, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just they're just wearing green and whatever. But this watch is just like this statement piece uh, at yeah. dinner so um then and that's the first time i was like wow this is
0: insanely huge <laughs> yeah. yeah i i put it on my wrist and it just like enveloped my wrist yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy so crazy watch. i'm happy with the original one but uh oh. anyhow it, it uh funny enough like my friend wearing it over on the plane uh from the u.s somebody like sitting across the aisle from him tapped him and he's like I feel really embarrassed to say this, but I worked up the courage and he goes, I just wanna tell you, I really like your watch. (laughs) So yeah. These days I think if you're wearing a steel sports Rolex, people notice it. Yeah. Oh yeah, but not always the right people, sadly. Yeah, that that's true. So that's kind of thing. But hey, you know, so far on the trip over here in Germany, he's been fine. Hmm. And uh Yeah. It's the first time I've worn a Rolex out in a long time, to be honest with you, but it was, uh, Hmm. it was fine. Um, Speaking of going out, I thought I would uh, tell you this little story. So I had not been downtown in Frankfurt in months Yeah, to like the shopping Hmm. street. And Mm -hmm. since our friends are in town, there were some things that they wanted to look for. And notably- they wanted to look for some Remova luggage because oh. the prices are significantly less here. Plus, you get the uh, like eleven percent back or twelve percent back. Yeah. yeah. So I I said, all right. I know at the uh, department store here, there's a Remova boutique, and then they've got a standalone one, which is kind of where I bought a piece of luggage like three years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. right before COVID, and we go, and on the way, there's a line at Louis Vuitton. There's a line at Chanel. There was a line at Gucci. There was a line at Cartier. Mm. A line at Montclair. And then there was a line at Remova. Oh. So there were like a couple people in front of us. And normally I just refuse. But, you know, friends are in town. I'm like, all right, let's wait in line. And, Mm. you know, five minutes later, we walk in. And this was like at... I don't know three thirty four o'clock four, probably four thirty yeah mm-hmm. on a Saturday and the second we walk in the young salesperson goes we have nothing for sale wow and I'm like what so you know it's a German holiday today so basically he was like yep we get a shipment on Tuesday we get a shipment every day and he was like basically we get one of everything. And, you know, we let one person at a time and, you know, it's usually gone within a short period. Yeah. So I'm thinking of my experience in Florida last year where I went to a luggage shop and they hadn't gotten any Remova in months because basically they were told they were going to lose the line and Remova was no longer going to support them. They were only going to support their own boutiques and maybe some department stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, let's go back to the department store. Cause usually they've got a good, good selection. Well, it turns out at Galeria Ka- Kaufhof, mm-hmm. um, it is a boutique within the department store. It's not like the luggage section. And mm-hmm. we walk in and exactly the same balash. The guy goes, he, he's like, yeah, he's like at nine 30 in the morning, people line up outside And it's like, you know, a Walmart doorbuster on uh, black Friday. And he's like, in 30 minutes, everything that we got for the day is gone every day. And he's like, he basically said without saying it, he's like, I hate my job. (laughs) He's like, I do nothing all day. He's like, in 30 minutes, I've sold everything I have for the day. And I just sit here all day and people come by every 15 minutes. And I have to tell them that they, we have nothing to sell them. (laughs) <laughs> and
1: of course they get angry and then you have to apologize and
0: Yeah. So I had no clue that this was going on at uh Remova. And I have to believe, I have to believe that, okay, apparently the demand is very high, but I also think that this is yet another case of a brand saying, Okay, let's make it really exclusive. And yeah. I I went online and everything that we had looked for was sold out. I think there were like a couple things limited stock, but basically everything was sold out online. Like hmm. so it's I had no clue that this was going on and I mean I shouldn't be surprised these days with the way the world is, but <laughs> I I, hmm. I was really surprised, man. Really surprised. I mean it's I just
1: the other day I I was on the website, remover's website for the first time in pff- Forever mm-hmm. and now, I kind of, kind of kicking myself because when I was in Tokyo, I went to one of these vintage stores and uh, uh, in Ginza. <laughs> where if you, you, you know Ginza, you can oh, yeah. imagine what kind of vintage store that was. And uh, they had a remover, um, the topaz that I have. I think you also have one, the the mm-hmm. cabin one. Yep. They also had they had the middle size. The uh, I don't know what, what's it called. Like the the one that I have. And I think you also have, but in, uh, with the, in the Polycarb, that one, but in, um, in the, the Topaz line, so aluminum okay. one, right? So it's mid M size or L, I'm not sure. Um, the one that's like up to your knee or like mm-hmm. to your thighs. And it was like some $500 or euros uh, so worth of yens. Yeah. And I said, nah, should I get a second one? because i i have the small one right aluminum and then i have the polycarb the medium one which is which is fine it's enough for me and the bigger ones i think you have to pay extra cuz they're oversized so i never bought those and i thought should i get one should i not get one and I get one that one that's the only one cuz it was a used one but it was in very good condition right and you, you, i mean you know japan is like everything that's like second hand is like practically new like in really, really good condition, exactly. handbags and oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. they really, um, keep it, this big, great shape. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I said, nah, well, whatever. I don't need one, <laughs> but now I'm thinking who to call in, in Tokyo and tell them to go to the store and see if it's still there. And if they're just snag it up and once I'm, I'm back, I'm just <laughs> going to take it. But, uh, it's, it's insane. It's truly insane. I mean,
0: remover becomes the, um, the Rolex, Rolex. of the luggage world. And, and the thing that, like, cracks me up about this is that, so the one that I use, like the workhorse I use, like the the, the aluminum one, um, the large that I check in, mm-hmm. it is beat. Like, it is, there's no corner that hasn't been dented, like the plate, and... But it's alu, right? It's not... Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, like, I look at it from the side, and on one of the corners that just gets slammed every time... Um, like I, I popped it back out and it pops back in sometimes. (laughs) And, uh, so you're, and I know that's part of the charm. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's why I I bought it. It it can take a beating, but just to think still that people would wait in line for something that is, let's be honest, first time you use it, it's never going to look the same again. No,
1: No, it's a beautiful item. Mind you, I think it's, it's, uh, it's designed to perfection when, when it comes to that. Mm. But you can put it in a quarter in your in your apartment. It looks good, right? But yeah, you're right. Once once it's through the ringer, it's gone. The charm yeah. is gone. Or actually, no, for me, the charm is starts to develop. But for a lot of people who buy it for the looks, I, oh my God, it's scratched, it's dented. Yeah, as it should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get a light yellow one. I mean, that is never going to look the same again. And yeah, no, no. So yeah, it was just really... I mean, I'm glad I got them when I did, but if I were buying now, I would be turned off.
1: And I, I mean, it's it's a it's a crazy story, huh? Yeah, I, I know why I was on the website because I, you know, LeBron James is a fan of the brand of Remova, and he posted a, a a picture of a a Remova. You can find it on his Instagram. Last week, a Remova um, suitcase, and it was it had like it was like a, a special made like a custom suitcase. And it was um, a bottle holder for 12 bottles, okay. like for for wine or, you know, uh, he nice. has a tequila company or something like that. So I guess when you have LeBron James money, you have a remover bag just for your wine, right? <laughs> it's like a 12-bottle 12, 12 um, suitcase or or kind of a trunk, whatever you want to call it. It's not too big, but it's, yeah. And and I was like, hmm, do they sell those now? And then I went on a website and then I saw the craziest stuff. Have you seen the cabin luggage harness?
0: uh no I,
1: I almost thought about buying that one i'm gonna send you a link right <laughs> now but then i realized i'm not an idiot i'm sorry if anybody bought that but that's just the dumbest stuff ever it's it's like uh like a bag oh that you yes, can clip seen yes. yeah this is it's just silly isn't it, it looks like a looks like a, a bulletproof vest for your removal yeah i um
0: yeah it's it's nuts, and it's know, funny. Now they're doing handbags and other things. Yeah, um,
1: sunglasses and phone cases. The phone case is fine. I mean, it's it is. Okay, hey, it's
0: LVMH now, right? So
1: yes, and I think they have one of the um, one of the Arno boys uh, as a CEO, a co CEO with the uh, the other CEO, who's the grandson of the founder or something like that. So, huh. I, as far as I remember, it's also the old um, ownership is is still. Um, running the show with this this young gentleman from uh, VMH, and they have a lot of cool stuff. I mean, no doubt, you know they they have new colors, they have new materials, they have new shapes. I'm I'm absolutely a fan of Remo. There's no doubt about that. But uh, but it's just crazy, yeah. If, if if that's true, what you said, and of course it is, then uh, I, I don't even know what to say.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like kind of like a Rolex. I probably bought my last. Removas if it if if this is the way they're going to go. So, mm. but anyhow, so yeah, that was, was kind of weird. And then we walked into Bucherer, and of course, my friend just decided to play dumb and ask about Rolex. And the lady's like we have nothing for sale. And I um I hadn't been in Bucherer in a long time, but they now have this uh, pre-owned section, and I've gotten the emails before. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and they had like two hulks back there and they were 29,500 euros like everything for sale in that store from a pre-owned mm-hmm. perspective i would say was like 30% over market and i'm sure they would you know claim they give you an, a warranty or something like that but it was interesting they had a steel daytona yeah black dial for 425 it was crazy crazy money and- so
1: so technically you could buy a new one there i mean you can of course but you can buy a new one for like i don't know what is the what's the daytona's retail price now 20
0: $15, 14, okay I don't know.
1: so you could buy one for 15 or you could buy the same one like five steps to your left for 35 or 43
0: Or 43 yeah. <laughs> dumb i'm sorry it's craziness it was absolutely crazy so yeah but that's the, that's still the state of the world. I mean, inflation what? It's kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see once the heating bills kick in over here. But um what else did we want to talk about? Well, I wanted to mention the X33, this new Mars timer uh, yeah. Speedmaster. And- well,
1: but be- wait, before we jump onto that, you sent me a link a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh about the auction. We talked about the Jordan auction, right? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Before, before you went on your trip. And um, I can't remember uh, what exactly did I say. I think I said 2 million, 5 million. I don't remember. I thought
0: uh, you said the, yeah, and you thought it was going to go like 6 to 7,
1: right? 2.5, 6. Yeah, I, yeah because I know I think the uh, the estimate was 2.5 or something. And I said probably going to go 5 or 6. Well, I was very wrong. <laughs> was very wrong
0: yeah one for what 10
1: it's 10.1 million dollars at sotheby's uh this was uh yeah september the fifth about a month ago 15th of september um so 1998 nba finals game one game jersey 10.1 million dollars uh and the um yeah the estimate was three to five million (laughs) and that's what i said like right like when they they, it always goes higher than the
0: estimate yeah but man that's crazy money 10.1 million (laughs) it's so crazy and yeah it beat the record set earlier this year the hand of god um maradona jersey maradona yeah exactly and i it's
1: probably the most expensive well it is the most expensive basketball jersey and now jersey in the world and uh, the article i i just uh i just pulled up when i did the research mentions the um the mickey mantle card with mm-hmm. a 9.5 grade uh that went i think in august right we talked about this for 12.6 million yeah so uh this was the uh these were the two main uh, sports uh memorabilia auctions in august and september that that had like crazy crazy results like 10.1 million
0: just wild money honestly yeah, yeah. um yeah so shifting to watches this mm-hmm. this new X33 Speedmaster Professional Mars timer mm-hmm. um so the big to do about this is that it it shows the time on Mars um <laughs> and which i think is kind of neat um uh, the watch looks nice. The bezel I guess has this like reddish rusted color which is apparently the color of the Mars surface mm-hmm. and titanium. I think the uh the footprint looks pretty darn similar to the classic X33s that we know. Uh, mm-hmm. but the pricing if I'm not mistaken what it what is it? Um ish you know, It's like 7100. Yeah, yeah, Seven. seven. And <laughs> people were pretty um, outspoken about a few things. Like they're like, all right, first off by the time you get to Mars, the battery is basically Dead. done. Yeah. And how are you going to get that change? Cause it's a complex process. One, by the way, that I'm going to go through soon because my X 33 has um, the battery bit bitten the dust mm. and I'm going to take it to the boutique care. First one, the second one. Uh, I have the first one. Christian. Yeah. And Look, I, I never wear the X33, although I'm kind of in that mode right now where a watch like that I think would be kind of fun to wear. And so I'll probably start. Um but what I what I what I guess I can't get over is it feels a little bit like a missed opportunity to me. I mean, with digital and everything today, you know, you think about solar power, you think about connectivity, you think about a lot of different things. And this to me feels like they could have done a little bit more, especially for seventy one hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what your thoughts are about it, and I know that this isn't a high volume piece, mm-hmm. anyhow. By the way.
1: So I like the uh, the original X thirty three, the first mm-hmm. and the second gen. Um, I think after that, um, you know, with the Z series and 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 all that stuff, I think it was a bit. Um, it was a bit too much for me at that point. Um, I, I get those as well. I mean, I'm a fan of a flight of the Flightmaster. You know, I I have the um, the the flight the first gen nine ten uh, reference nine ten, so the first generation of Flightmasters. And they talk about the Space Master, the Z thirty three that kind of looks like the Flightmaster. I um, reviewed the um this one of the Skywalker X thirty three limited editions. Mm-hmm. So I I like those as well um it was the solar impulse limited edition that i revealed back uh, um reviewed back then which is like 58 now um i think it's it, it's obviously pretty expensive for a quartz watch i understand the functionality i understand the features but but i mean the z33 is like 55 five, i think in germany yeah. and like the normal uh skywalker the, the z33 as i said which is like 58 on a on a um titanium case titanium bracelet so, and yeah, and this one is seven-ish, so it says 7,000 or so, um, which is not cheap um, yeah. for a quartz watch, right? And then again, how much is a quartz cross-cycle? Um, yes, uh, the two are incomparable because one is a luxury timepiece and this is Omega calls it instrument. So hmm. they obviously have a different purpose in mind. When, when they talk about these ones and obviously then we completely different purpose when we talk about the ground cycle um but when it comes to connectivity and and smart features and and all that jazz uh, i totally get your point i i showed it to a friend of mine and and he had exactly the same thoughts he said this is just disappointing because when when there are brands and well that's a totally tople- to completely different topic when we talk about TAC Heuer and those watches right yeah, if they're good or not good, whatever. But they do connected watches. Um, Tissot does a connected watch, a T Touch, and yeah. there, there are other brands. Uh, when you do this, do you need the the steps on your watch when you can have it on your iPhone or your Fitbit? Again, a completely different topic. But at least people do this. So oftentimes they say this is a kind of a cheap or a lazy. Um, um way to do something new because they didn't really do something new the case is pretty much the same yes they have some new features in the module but
0: you know i i I don't know yeah to me it wasn't a huge incremental step and i think it's one where especially if you look at what g-shock is doing i mean they're selling Mm. four figure watches now uh and so okay, I realize, you know, $1,500 is a big difference from 7,100 or euros or whatever it is, but there's been a lot of change in this space. And I mean, even look at, look at what Apple has just come out with, right. With yeah, their crazy. new, what's the name of this thing that can go diving? The iWatch, yeah. is it the ultra or so?
1: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's competitive really. And I I, I would have liked to have seen more. I would have really at least liked to have seen solar. And I guess just seemingly that that movement just uses too much juice. Maybe for, for solar, you would have to change the footprint or size. I I don't know, but, Mm. or chargeable something. I mean, it's not overly water resistant anyway. It's 30 meters and it's not, not really what I would call a dive watch. So I don't know. I, I, would have liked to have seen more and um yeah i i, I it's it's also one of those things where it's hard not to look at the early x33s as a good value and,
1: and like they are like i mean have you seen the prices on those well, they've gone up right they're definitely not cheap i mean i wanted one for the longest time and and they're just i'm just not not willing to 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 pay 2500 and up for a, for an X thirty three. But this is where we are, especially if you have it like watch only or or maybe bracelet. That if you want something with a box or like full set box and papers, you're I mean the this the 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 Skywalker, the X thirty three, the limited edition, which I just talked about, it's like uh, was it five grand as I said? They mm-hmm. they go second hand around like four three, four five. So, so not much of a discount. No, absolutely not. So they're they're not cheap. Yeah. And even the first gens I like 2425 um mm-hmm. X33 so yeah they're they're not cheap and there's there's loads on the market but they're definitely not not um well maybe losing the momentum I should say
0: yeah so maybe kind of on that similar topic um with that new Apple I watched that was released I have to tell you that while well, while I'm not going to go down that path this one was actually somewhat intriguing, and man, when I travel, it it is it it doesn't matter. Like if I'm meeting someone who is like just starting work or somebody who's like a big time executive, mm-hmm. the Apple Watch is everywhere. Everywhere it is crazy. It is yeah. completely disrupted, and I I know that was the prediction and. I kind of feel like it was a little slow out the gate, um, but man, everybody's got them on. It's incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and for a lot of people, that's like used to be the second option, mm-hmm. but sometimes now it's the fir- first option or the the plus one option with the with the like an expensive piece on the left. Yep, and the Apple Watch on the right, like G Pop style or vice <laughs> versa, depending on if you're left handed right handed. But hey, go on, go on Apple.com and click on Watches. It's it's insane. You have the Apple Watch Ultra, which you just talked about. Mm-hmm. You have the Apple Watch Series Eight. Then, then you have the Apple Watch SE. They're all new. <laughs> then you have the Apple Watch Nike, the Apple Watch Hermes, which is also new. Which is, I mean, it's unheard of, right? Like you have Hermes creating a watch with uh, Apple, kind of based on the watch that Hermes already created years ago that kind of looked like the Apple Watch.
0: Mm.
1: And um, and then you have you know, you have a bunch of other features, right? You have the, uh, the the Apple Watch Studio, where you can basically design your own watch. You can compare them. You can order the the straps or the bands, AirPods, other accessories, chargers, whatever. It's I I don't have an Apple Watch, um, but I uh, sadly I see it coming. So um, I've never been on on the on the site um, strictly for watches, but it's it's crazy. how how many options and features and this and that they offer
0: yeah it it really is and i'm also not one who's gone down that path either still not used to the idea of wearing something on both wrists and Mm. don't like the thought of getting into something that sort of has forced obsolescence after a period of time yeah Uh, and i'm still of a mind that you know my phone is never that far away but it's uh you can really see how, you know, people who are either non-watch people or people who thought of a watch as sort of like a necessary evil. How they easily, you know, grabbed all those people with this mm-hmm. very easily.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, people who have uh, iPhones, they usually have iPads, right? They usually have MacBooks. Why shouldn't they have an Apple Watch? I mean, it's all it's, in the
0: same environment.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, I have a, I have an Apple uh, so I have a um, an iPhone and I have a Mac, and just between these two gadgets, the the, the user interface and how how the two things communicate, it's just amazing. It's yes, simple. it's so simple. I know that Apple collects data. Yes, they know everything about me. But I so think the, the the uh, Android does the same. I mean, look at what Absolutely. happened to the the Chinese uh, smartphone maker. But it's just, it's just, yeah, insanely user-friendly. Um, so probably the, the only reason I don't get an Apple Watch is probably if I bought one, I would stop wearing my watches <laughs> that often. I'm with you,
0: man. I'm with you. So, it's tempting. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this trip I just did where I was very cognizant of the kind of watch I wanted to wear just to not attract attention. Sure. To your point, it would be pretty easy to default and just say, well, I'll just wear my Apple Watch because it's kind of goes under the radar and everybody's got one. And then before mm-hmm. you know it, you've come back and you haven't changed, right? Uh, dude, the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch 8, the new one, it starts at $400. Yeah, it's pretty hard to the, yeah hard, hard to argue, the, right?
1: The Apple Watch SE, which is the this, this smaller version, it's 250 And if you want the Ultra, which why would you? But if you want the Ultra... That's 800. But even if you want like an Apple Watch Series 7 or 6, it's a couple hundred euros. You don't need to get the newest one, right? No. And um, it comes in 45 or 41. Of course, if it's 45, it's more expensive. It's waterproof or swim-proof, as they say. Um, You know, they have this always-on retina display. Uh, it, It measures your blood oxygen, ECG, uh, heart rate and all that stuff emergency button which i think is a cool feature for for certain people whether sure. you're 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 old you're kid whatever. kid or have some kind of a, a, a health
0: Healthy condition mm-hmm. yeah.
1: and it's still available so you can you can basically use it as a standalone phone without having your phone around you just have a digital sim if you had some headphones on or whatever and and that's that so <laughs>
0: Hard to I, argue. I, I, yeah,
1: I see the I see those people, why those people are buying it. And as I said, it's scary and tempting. So um uh, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe for Christmas, huh? <laughs> cool. We'll see. Well,
0: anything else you wanted to cover today? Um
1: well, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um well, what is today the th- third so we're recording this on a monday the fourth will come out so then we'll have one maybe for next week um there's going to be something else something interesting coming in a few weeks um i was in the hague to i don't know if we talked about this to record some videos and but that's coming in two weeks
0: yeah i'm excited to see that well i've seen it but i'm excited to see it come out absolutely
1: and um we just released the Nomos a few weeks back uh, and uh, the Counting sales. Really quickly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So let's see what, um, I mean, if you follow at least my Instagram, you've probably know the brand because we've, we've mm-hmm. shared each other's posts back and forth, but yeah, that's going to come in a few weeks. I can, you can talk about this maybe next week or possibly the, on the day of the release, because uh, the podcast will go out on that day. By the time the podcast is released, the, the watch will be out as well. But yeah, um, I guess that's it for now. Uh, nothing comes to mind. Okay.
0: Well, as we said uh, uh, to our listeners here, uh, we'll be back on more of a normal format. Perhaps yep. we'll go dive into a brand next week. And Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and we've uh, thanks for putting up with us while traveling and everything. So look forward to getting back into the regular swing of things again. For sure. All right, Bosch. We'll have a great uh, rest of the day here on German Unification Day. Yes,
1: sir. You too. Enjoy the rest of the day, Mike.
0: Thanks.